0: Today's episode of the Silicon Alley podcast is a special one. I sit down with Melissa Pancos, who's the co-founder and CEO of The Beans, which is a financial wellness product. It's a banking solution that focuses on the caring class. And this is something that uh, Melissa and I talk a lot about in this episode and really the psychology behind money. But the caring class are teachers, teachers, nonprofit workers, nurses, people that focus from a profession perspective on taking care of others. And uh, there's this kind of dichotomy where you tend not to necessarily take care of yourself financially when you're in these positions. And so the product is really focused on this group. um, And it's really, really interesting the types of behavioral economics and psychology that's been brought into the product. Melissa and I met at a Pitch competition and really connected because of the fact that um, Ostrich's mission is very much aligned with the beans. And we have two very complimentary products. So it's a really, really fun discussion on the psychology of money. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So without further ado, here is the episode with Melissa Pankost. Are you interested in growing and scaling your business? Welcome to the Silicon Alley Podcast, where you'll hear from entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, and top performers on what it truly takes to grow and scale a business. You'll walk away with actionable insights you can apply in your own business and life. Now to William Glass, the CEO and co-founder of Ostrich, and your host of the Silicon Alley Podcast. Melissa, welcome to Silicon Alley Podcast. Super excited to have you on today.
1: Hey, thanks, William. It's good to see you again, and I'm really happy to be here
0: yeah yeah it's great to see you again and you are so we we met a year ago a little over a year ago now on um aarp and empire startups hosted like a financial wellness pitch and ostrich and the beans are both you know focused on financial wellness and i will tell you that you absolutely crushed the competition it was the best pitch that i've seen to date it was the first time that i was in a pitch competition i'm like oh wow this is how it's done
1: oh that's Um, amazing that's really kind but thanks uh, I will do I'll do podcasts at eight o'clock in the morning for that any day. Thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. And, yeah, you, we, you kind of shared a little off the back of that, that, uh, that there were some really great outcomes that happened for yeah. the beans, getting into tech stars. So would love just like a little context for the audience on what the beans is what what you've built, what you're building. So yeah, Melissa, if you
1: could give a little context on the beans and then who you are, that'd be fantastic. Awesome. Thanks so much, William. So the beans is automating the finances of a group we call the caring class. And the caring class, though our products are going to work for anybody who earns an income, the caring class are the 40 million teachers, nonprofit workers, government employees, healthcare employees in the country, a huge group of people who are all college educated, super hardworking, you know, backbone of the economy, and generally living in persistent financial stress. So that's who we're focused on. That's what we do to do it. We combine the science of what works to transform people's financial lives, and we combine that with our own proprietary data models and a smart wallet, which enables that huge group of people to actually make financial progress. I think you also asked who I am. Uh, I'm Melissa. I'm the founder and CEO of The Beans. Before this, I co-founded a venture capital fund called Comet Labs. We invest in artificial intelligence companies, and before that, I led a research team at the University of Oxford that's focused on how people think and feel about their money. And so the beans is very much the mashup of these things, um, a deep understanding of how people operate in relationship to their money uh, and then bringing that to life with advanced technology. Yeah, I
0: love that. And um, I think one of the things that stood out when I first learned about the beans is how much of this you've really applied. Like everyone to some degree says that they use, you know, behavioral economics or, you know, psychology, but like, not not, I think, to the same level, which I think is really interesting. I'd love if you could just talk a little bit about that, because it makes sense, given your background, like what's what's really unique and, and different about
1: about what what you all do with the beans. I think I mean, to begin with, it starts with a respect for the problem. Like this is the number one cause of stress in the country. And so when we think about the huge amount of resources that are being directed towards mental health in America right now, if the number one cause of that mental health distress is financial stress, like we probably should be taking financial stress very seriously. So that's first, we respect the problem. And then next, we respect that a lot of people have tried to solve this so far um, and, and haven't. And that put us on a path to just like start from the very, very bottom. And when I say start from the very bottom, we built our own taxonomy and our own data model. And those are behaviorally engineered down to the, the language that our audience would use to talk about different transactions. And if you want to talk about like being in the weeds, which William, we could have a whole podcast. <laughs> Maybe I should do that sometime because I feel like it could take it could take really a really long time. But, you know, the the idea there is that the words you use to describe your transactions actually impact how you feel about that transaction. Particularly importantly, if you feel like you even spent any money, And so like, we really want to get that part right, because you need to feel like you spent that money. (laughs) Um, So, you know, on the one hand, uh, you like can feel that, that joy that, uh, you know, like actually soak it in. And then on the other hand, um, maybe you don't feel the need to spend quite as much elsewhere. So yeah, so from the very bottom, we built our own data model and went up from there. And then the other side of it is that we, we know that things like financial literacy do not work been clearly proven doesn't work that's scary in a country where we have financial literacy month right this is the biggest public health crisis in the country and we are like really far behind in how we're how we're approaching it So you mean like all this legislation that's coming out of like Florida and
0: Georgia and all these other states that are now requiring it? Yeah, I mean, there's lots
1: of reasons behind that. I mean, you start with the fact that like the average math education in the U.S. is at about the fourth grade level. Like financial literacy isn't going to solve the problem. If you do teach people financial literacy, um, it doesn't necessarily stick for a very long time. And the reality is like financial literacy isn't the gap. Knowledge isn't the problem. There's lots there, you know, there's lots going on, but critically how we think and feel about our money really is the thing that's dictating how we're spending it, how we're behaving within the day-to-day. So I'll say after all of that, the other thing is that we really focus on automation, which is that, like, yeah, of course we want to change mindsets and behavior, but we realize that like our role as a technology company is to aid execution. Right. Once I can show you the right step to take, and build a product that makes you feel confident and comfortable in, in going with us in that direction. <laughs> once I automate it, then I've established a habit for you, right? That's a lot easier than I'm um, trying to berate or shame you into like establishing a habit for a long period of time, like which has, again, also been proven to not work. So yeah, we definitely, from soup to nuts, has started at the bottom and, and built a, a really different approach to this. And it's out of respect, yeah, for for the problem yeah. and, and how this can actually get solved.
0: No, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and like all these little nudges, right? The automation, the that nudges you in the right direction. The way that you describe a transaction that nudges you to think and feel differently about your financial life is is really interesting because it's it's shown it's been shown to work in other areas. And to your point, like about financial literacy, I
1: love talking to you. I was like, yes, we are both digital health nerds. You're absolutely (laughs) right. And like you just think like okay, well there there are things that are working super well, super well in the sleep space, in the smoking cessation space, in, in insomnia. Before the beans and before Comet Labs, I am um, I was at a company called Sleepio, um, which the company is actually called Big Health. They make an app that treats insomnia better than in-person therapy or drugs. Like, isn't that amazing? Yeah it's incredible. In the UK, you can get a prescription for this app, right? That (laughs) makes me excited. And so I, you're so wise to like, bring that up because William, the overlap between like how, again, people think and feel about their money and these other like anxiety ridden things, like, you know, maybe challenges around sleep um, or smoking or or weight loss. Like there, there's a lot of overlap there.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Melissa. I mean, like to your point, it's we know how to do like it's not that like yes obviously like getting into the weeds can get really complex when you get to finances but like it's not a knowledge gap right like spend less than you earn and like oh do you want to i mean i'm just gonna like
1: like, we're just gonna because this is fun i was like this 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 is fun for me i'm calling myself a nerd in my own head right now but um, you know, shockingly, when you're stressed out about your finances, you have a higher potential. And I'm saying you is like the grand you, a representative sample of the grand you. I really am a nerd. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> if you're stressed out, you're more likely to spend money on a credit card. And it's like a fascinating concept where when we have financial anxiety, we desire to prove to ourselves that we are secure. And so we buy things, whether we can afford it or not. On, on our credit cards, which give us lots of fake money to play with. Um, and that is just wild, right? So yeah, there's lots. Stress shopping is real. That yeah. is a real, a real exactly. thing.
0: So, exactly. what, so what type, so obviously we haven't done a good job of, in the space right now in terms of like taking in the emotion, which I think is really interesting, right? Because right? yeah. what other, how many other banks or financial institutions are like, let's talk about how we feel when it comes to money. It's always right. like, Well, let's optimize every single number or digit or like it's very much speaks to that logic side yeah but i think what we've discussed especially when you start to get into stress like those purchasing decisions aren't made logically they're made based on the emotions yeah and so i'm curious like if you could talk a little bit about that and 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 i
1: always like to say i mean this is also sort of a like academics like to fight about these things people call academics call people irrational and i actually believe that people are hyper-optimizing. They're just optimizing for things that society hasn't valued, right? And I, so again, back to respect, which is like, I'm not going to call our audience irrational. They are solving a problem for themselves and it might not be yielding the best financial outcome, which, you know, other people would like for them, but it's solving their problem right now. Um, When it is out of alignment with their own desires and best interests is like where it becomes really interesting and like enabling people to see that and execute on it. Right. So that's the the nudges or defaults of like this is a great next step for you that is achievable. And that's what we use all of our software to figure out for somebody. And then we can do it for you. Like that lifts someone out of this, like out of a place where you know they might be like operating on autopilot in a way that's not healthy for them and um, into a new, into a new direction. Um, but yeah, there's there there is a there is a lot here. And I think in addition to just the feelings piece, which is important, and really, I think getting a lot more credit everywhere, right? We're we're just, I think, becoming more evolved, you know, more evolved creatures as we like consider this side of, of um, our experience in the world and the power of it. And um, the other thing though, is like, we get to talk about values in, I think there's a couple of banks that are doing that now because it's like a vertical brand strategy, to, you know, to be values-driven or um, you know values-driven investments. For us, the, the research shows that when you spend in alignment with your personality and values, you get more utility per dollar, which is amazing. And we find that our audience really loves, like our, again, back to the, this group we call the caring class, teachers, nonprofit workers, public service employees, healthcare employees, like they really care about being values-driven. And so we get to meet that need as well, which is definitely missing.
0: Me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it makes, makes a ton of sense, right? Isn't that why, um, what was it, the app that, I think it was like a habits app where you could like put money towards a nonprofit and you could either pick one that you supported, so if you oh, failed stick. it went to them, stick, yeah, And yeah. Then if, but if you put it to, to one that was like anti, so like, you know, if you're yeah the other political party, right? Like the donation just went to their political party or something. Exactly. And like, yeah. you're more motivated by making sure that money doesn't go to that's, that's not in alignment with your values. And that actually is a really great driver to change. Um, so it that sounds was a like. a fun
1: one. Yeah. That was a fun one. I wonder what they're up to now. So I've looked at it. I mean, they're still,
0: they're still operating. Um, cool. I think they're just, yeah, they're just, you know, a smaller kind of side business for the, for the researchers that uh that that ran the company or that started it so yeah but they're still they're still going funny i was talking to a
1: couple of of vcs um a few months ago and they were talking about making um a shame bot so like if someone didn't accomplish their to-do list that it would tweet them out and shame them and i i tried to i was like i know it sounds way less like fun like a shame bot's hilarious it's way less fun but you're actually going to you're going to get further faster if you use positive reinforcement. And like, that's just like the kind of crazy thing. I think that that's where we are um, as people is like in this transition from understanding that like there is an old way and that old way was like shame um, and the stick and the new way is, is the carrot um, and positive reinforcement. And I think, you know, all, each of us are motivated in different ways. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, that positive reinforcement like really makes a difference.
0: Absolutely. Well, so how, if people listening to this want to align their values with their finances and their spending, like, where do you start? Like how do you start to get more utility per dollar spent?
1: Yeah. So this is, and it it's funny that the app does like very, um, very straightforward. You talked about like the logical side of things. The app is handling that for people, right? You hook in, you connect your bank accounts. We analyze your spending um, and you're earning, and we build a plan for you, and then we start automating parts of that plan. That's what the Beans app is doing. What our community layer is doing, what our content layer is doing, is focusing on these questions. And there's a lot of space for mindfulness, for reflection, um, for um, yeah, conversations with other people that reveal to you what your priorities are. And I think as far as you know, things we over and underestimate, like those conversations actually are very, very powerful, um, and they have. We've gotten a lot of feedback that they have have transformed people's approach to their finances, and just sort of, I guess, a sense of agency around their money. And um, but we think of it as a form of like really almost radical empowerment. If you think that like these people, our audience work their tails off to earn this money and they deserve to enjoy it. And that right there is a different, a different point of view. And so once you take that thread and follow it, it opens up a lot, a lot of opportunities, but I would say, you know, how do you get someone like the app? you know, we ask what the things are that bring you joy, the app can serve it, like surface that to you and use positive reinforcement and say like, great job, right? But we really think that the the mindset shift is going to happen in that community layer. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So kind of related to that, I was like, to ask William, guys, can you feel, can you hear my kitten meowing in the background? I cannot. Okay. I was like, feel free to leave that in there. But it, if you do hear her, let me know. And I will Manage the situation. <laughs> no, <laughs> all good. She would really like to be joining us right now. Is, She's is welcome to. Yeah. yeah. Oh
0: um, I think along those lines, right, there's this idea that I like to think about and talk about and ask people is like your relationship with money. And it's always changing. It obviously depends on your values and uh, the feelings around it. Like we talked a little bit about some of the shame. Are you on autopilot? I'm curious right. how you would describe your own relationship with money.
1: Yeah, I have evolved enormously in my own relationship with money. I can remember. I mean, there are there are many pieces to this. I was in New York City working as a teacher and um, I got a ticket for jumping a turnstile in the New York subway because I, I was broke. Right. I just was like flat, flat out of money. Um, And like, you want to talk about shame when you're responsible for educating children and you get a ticket for jumping a turnstile (laughs) in the New York subway. Like (laughs) I felt, I felt terrible about that. Um, And feeling, yeah, shame and a sense of defensiveness and privacy around my finances. I think all of that is very different for me now because I appreciate how powerful it is to talk about it. And so um, I, I think having studied it and then like lived it in this work for a while, like I'm aware of a lot of things that are, uh, I would say, healthier practices than definitely how I would have described described myself in <laughs> in, uh, in a past life, and that's what we're focused on. I mean, I want like Melissa as the teacher, you know, years ago in New York City, to not have felt the way that I felt, um, and then maybe also not to have been so broke that I couldn't afford, you know, I couldn't afford to get on the subway like that you know, that's a sad state of affairs. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I would say definite evolution there in, in terms of like my own feelings around shame and finances. Um, I grew up in a family where um, we didn't really talk about money very much. And I think that like learning to talk about money inside of my relationship, inside of my marriage now is like really powerful as well. Um, and yeah, I think my, yeah, so my relationship, my personal relationship is like in every way better, I, I would say with finances than, than it was. Um, but I'm also still a work in progress, right? I'm still learning. And I think, you know, being a venture-backed founder, you got to have like,
0: you know, <laughs> a
1: risk tolerance as well uh, with your finances, which is um, questionable as to its level of health, but I'm I'm enjoying it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely when it comes to, yeah, the the financial decision, I don't know that starting a venture-backed company or, or starting yeah, a it's ridiculous. startup is really yeah. the best. <laughs> the best uh best move in that regard so you've really got to have it align with your values in other ways (laughs) for it to make financial sense but i I, so i live with a new york city teacher middle school science teacher so like totally understand um you know where you're coming from and 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 that experience because i've i've seen it i've seen it with friends and co-worker co-workers and things like that so it really is a challenge and that's part of the reason why i really like what the beans is doing focusing on this community that is so like the caring class as you say that's so focused on giving Mm,
1: mm -hmm.
0: and you know we know that pretty much every profession that you've listed that works there is underserved right in terms of their finances they're underpaid and maybe not always valued the way that um that the work that they do should be in in our society and that adds a whole nother layer to the financial complexity
1: it 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 really does i mean we find In our audience, it's, it's remarkable, but the desire to put other people first, you know, whether our community is tithing, you know, 10% of their income, um, and saving zero to five. Right. And, and I think tithing is beautiful. I don't want to say, don't do that, but I do want to say, let's save as much, right. Um, for, for your, for your future as well. Um, or, purchasing things for their own classroom if you live with a teacher you see this all the time i mean they're they're buying they're buying stuff for their classrooms to decorate them to outfit them to supply their students who need things and um, and it's yeah constantly putting other people yeah. first.
0: i'm really upset that dollar tree went out of business because for science experiments it was the best place to get affordable materials and now i'm there's so appreciative that you're upset <laughs> so, for
1: yeah on behalf of teachers
0: yeah all right, right? So mm-hmm. totally totally get it. Um, what would you say, you know, we don't always make good decisions, right? We talked, you know, and, and, yeah. uh, and uh, we kind of hinted it might be some, some decisions that might have led to being forced to jump over a, a, a turnstile as a, oh, yeah. as a New York City. teacher. But what would you say is one of the maybe not the dumbest but a, a dumb money mistake that you've that you've made?
1: Yeah, it's hard. I, I don't really live a life of regrets i like really and truly appreciate all of the mistakes that i've made i would say and this is um i bought some GameStop. like that was kind of a a ridiculous and hilarious (laughs) thing and we were caught in that like freeze moment we tried to sell when it was high and we got blocked by um, by robin and i was like this is insane so like that obviously was foolish right like you don't you don't jump into it was fun um and foolish unfortunately it was it was a safe um a, a safe and foolish thing to do. Um, yeah, that, that definitely is on the list. Um, and I would say, I think that the dumbest thing, how unfun an answer is this, but like, do I wish that I saved more aggressively when I was just f- fresh out of school? Because I mean, I'm telling you a story about being broke and jumping a turnstile, but like, I, I'm, was a fairly financially responsible person i happened to just you know spend down to zero every month which most people in the country do um i didn't spend past it i didn't carry any debt at that point in my life at all and i at some point in the early years got a retirement account because you know because my um the company i was working for the nonprofit i was working for opened up 403bs for us But what I know today about compound interest, um, clearly on this thing, and it's just for ignorance. I didn't know any better. And so that's the kind of stuff where like, yeah, if I I could have been saving in the years from 20 to 30, you know, I would outperform anything I could possibly do at this time. And that's just like astounding to me, uh, but also very motivating because I want to, you know, pass that message on to as many people as I can. exactly yes it's
0: part of the inspiration what about you
1: william what's your dumbest money mistake oh i've made i've
0: made a few um i mean definitely i mean definitely you know compounding interest i feel like you could always could have always done more on that front but i was pretty good i maxed out my 401k every year Uh, that i could and luckily i was in a sales position where like i could control my comp so like you know, I could, I was, it was, well, I was in a better position. I recognize a lot of people aren't in a position where they even earn enough that they have that opportunity. So that was, that was anyway, I got off topic there. But, but like, what was bad. the dumb
1: thing? Not what was all the smart dumb, things you did, William?
0: Dumb thing? Well, so I, I was living, I bought a a property in Florida and there was a hurricane that not uh, like tree that knocked over uh, onto the shed that, that we had. And, there's people going around, everybody had issues. And like, there's these random people that were like helping people like cut up the trees and haul them off. And like, I looked at the shed and I was like, it probably needs to just be torn down. But they were like, hey, like, do you want us to rebuild this? And I was like, yeah, why not? Like, if you can rebuild it, they're not licensed contractors, um, ran away with a bunch of money yep. and like should have known better, is like do a little bit of work. And then, oh, we need more money to go buy supplies. Right. and i was getting receipts and all that stuff but like yeah they just ran off with uh, sorry, <laughs> a couple yeah, thousand yeah. dollars and i had to still get paid to get the thing removed so that was dumb um that is good. Just...
1: that's a hard-learned lesson but i've yeah yeah it going not happen again yeah so <laughs>
0: that's one there's, I'm, there's, there's more, but, uh, but that one that one has a nice visual element of seeing the, the tree come down yeah, in a shed. Really. Well, and, and
1: where in Florida is the house? Because I'm born and raised. I'm from Miami and then grew up in Cocoa Beach area. Oh, okay. from Island. If anyone is listening from the S- Indian River area, from Merritt Island.
0: So I was uh, Fort Myers. So I was okay. living in Fort Myers, but I actually went to school in Winter Park at Rollins. So like I'm-
1: Wait, did we know the... this, William? I went to Stetson.
0: I didn't. I don't think I-, I Look at That's this. Amazing
1: amazing okay so we went to school like just down the road from each other
0: yeah yeah that's awesome now i want to g- give you some redemption i kind of teased some good things that i did financially what is what do you think is one of the best financial decisions that you've made melissa
1: Ooh, best financial decisions that i've made i think i think moving to the bay area is a you know surprising statement to make, but is one of the best financial decisions that i've made uh i I moved, I was in New York and I love New York. I met incredible friends and I learned an enormous amount from them. Um, and I think that like, being here in the Bay Area and surrounded by people who are building things has taught me so much. And I think like over time, that's going to be, you know, that will that is going to pay dividends. Um, I think, and this is unpopular because student loans are horrific, um, but I think getting getting an education is the smartest thing. That I did, you know, and like that people, lots of wonderful people are rethinking how we do higher education. And I, I love that. Like I want innovation there. Um, But I, I really believe in the power of education. And I think that that for, for so many people like holds the key, I think in our audience, unfortunately, we see a lot of people who get master's degrees and then don't get paid enough to cover them. They're like encouraged and incentivized to get graduate degrees, but then um, have debt burden to to cover the difference. So that's, yeah, I think a dangerous space, but I really believe in the power of education. So moving here and getting the education of like being surrounded by people who are thinking in different ways than I had experienced than um, just education in general.
0: Yeah, yeah cool. that makes a lot of sense. You've been able to apply it, right? With the beans yes. and everything that you've done. So totally, totally makes sense. And, you know, as you said, there's this narrative of, is it worth it? And I think for most people, it probably is, right? But hopefully we, we work a lot of the student debt issues and, all kinds of stuff, which is a whole nother podcast. A whole
1: podcast. That's a whole nother
0: conversation. We, do, we yeah. don't have time for Melissa, I really, really appreciate you sitting down. This has been a lot of fun. Um, is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience? Any kind of final words? And then how can people connect with you and find the beans outside of this conversation?
1: Yeah. So first connect with me and find the beans. So you can drop me an email, melissa at the beans.io. You can find the beans on on the app store. Um, or you can get it on mobile web, but only through our partnerships. So if you are um, yourself working in one of the kinds of um, industries we described, so in the caring class, or if you're responsible for people in the caring class, definitely get in touch. We just started a partnership with effectively the largest employer of teachers in the country, one of the largest employers overall in the country. Um, And we would, yeah, we'd love to serve many more people in the caring class. So teachers, nonprofit, government, healthcare workers, so send me an email. That's Melissa at the beans.io. And then final, final parting words. Um, I, you know, I think that the, the core of our conversation, William is about this like evolution and how people are relating to their finances. And I think that the, the parting words for whoever needs to hear this out there. And, um, we talk about this a lot with our community is like you were, your point of view about money was baked while you were very, very young. Like this happened when you were very young. It's your community. It's your family. It's the television that you watched. It's your church. All of those things, um, yeah, developed your point of view about finances. And if you don't like it, you can do something differently, right? And that's like, that's the really exciting thing is you can move in a different direction. Um, But it's really powerful to like look around and name what you grew up in financially. And for some that we serve, that can be a lot of scarcity. For some, I would guess in this audience it could be a lot of shame, or it could be a lot of control, or it could be a lot of a lot of things, right? But you get to choose. Um, And so that's uh, a thing that I find really exciting. Um, But yeah, think about it, name, name what you grew up in financially, and uh, choose to go where you want to go, because you definitely can make progress.
0: Love that. It's great actionable words, wisdom and actionable, which I love. So thank you so much for sitting down, Melissa.
1: Yeah, this is great. Thanks, William. On your
0: way out, please share the podcast with others. It's the only way that the community grows and others hear these incredible stories from entrepreneurs and top performers. And of course, pound that subscribe button so you're notified when episodes drop every Friday. I'm William Glass, CEO and co-founder of Ostrich. And of course, your host of the Silicon Alley podcast. Have a very profitable day.
1: You got no time to waste But still you hesitate Caught in a circle saying I'll never leave this place Ooh.
0: Some words got you searching for the bright side Over and over until you